then, then, then good can come out. But we've got, a, we've got a choice in what we allow to come in. I've got a choice in what I allow to come through my eyes. There are certain things that I will not look upon. I, I would turn off or turn away from so that I don't allow that to come in through my, my body, into my, into my mind, and into my soul. I, there's, there's things I have to guard against, and every one of us do. If we don't, then, then those things will come in us and they'll implant in us and, and they fill us, they fill our thoughts and our actions become uh, a product of our thoughts and that which comes in. As a man thinks, so a man goes. So we, we, we see here that, that James is saying that putting aside all the filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility, receive the word. Receive that. There has to be that action of receiving the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But we must be more than just pew sitters who sit and absorb the word. It's good to hear the word. It really is. Because that's the way James started off this. He said, this you know, beloved, be every, but everyone must be quick to hear. So it must be important that we're quick to hear. We must sit in a place. We must position ourselves in a place where we can hear the word of God. We need to hear the word of God for the word of God to be implanted. But he goes on and says, but prove yourselves doers of the word verse 22 but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves so there's more to the the word just being spoken we we have to hear the word yes but but hearing alone is not enough we must do something with what we hear i i know for most of our lives in church we've heard Jesus' words spoken into our life. Go therefore. Matthew 28. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And I'm with you to the end of the age, he said. We've heard those words. Hearing is different than doing. Jesus gave us a direct commission and command. Go. As you are going in life, disciple. Make disciples. It, it is, it's not like, okay, well, this is ah, something I might could do. This is something I maybe should consider in my life. Jesus looked upon every believer and said, Go make disciples. He didn't say go make converts. Go make agreeable people. Go make Christians. Go make people that will attend church. He said go make disciples. What is a disciple? A follower of Jesus Christ. Someone who, who positions himself under his authority desiring to be changed and transformed by the leader which they look to. A disciple is a follower, an intimate, intentional follower of Christ. So that's what we're supposed to be as disciples of Jesus, following hard after him. And, and the word is not just to be heard. We're, we're not better because we heard we should do that. We're better because we heard that, we received it, it implanted in our life, 
and then we go do that. We need to go and do the Word of God. I know we've all heard of uh, quite a few sermons in our life. I've preached quite a few. I don't know how many, but you do 15 years, 16 years times, actually more than that, uh, times the number of Sundays and do about three a, a week or four weeks, depending on the week, and, and you multiply them out and you can figure out how many I've done. Uh, Brother John Davis, uh, I guess if we started figuring how many sermons you had preached in your life, uh, well, we'd have to have a calculator or mic, one or the other. But, you know, we've heard a lot of sermons. But how many sermons have we heard to the point that we, we meditated on those? We, we walked out of here and we, we kept that thought. And we, we even went back and took the text and read back through it to try to understand it a little bit more. And then on, on, on the Monday of the week after the Sunday of the sermon, we actually said, I'm going to put that to work. I'm going to find a way to put that to work in my life. Or on Monday morning when we're in our personal quiet time with the Lord and, and, and God's Word says do this and it speaks into our heart something that we're supposed to do, a right action, a righteous living, uh, something that should be done in our life. How many of us say, you know what, that's good, I heard that. But now I'm going to go find a way to put that into action in my life. James is telling us that we need to be more than just a hearer. We need to prove ourselves. Prove ourselves. That's a, that's a process of, of working it out, proving yourselves to be doers of the Word, not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, He's like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. When we look in the mirror in the morning, it's, it's always good to look in the mirror before you go out, okay? It's just it's good, good advice for you to, to, to stand in front of the mirror and take a good once over, you know, before you step out into the world. And, and when we do that, we... We look into the mirror and we see what is on the opposite side. We, we see what we are. And when we see what we are, we, we process that. We think through that. We, yes, everything looks straight. And, and if we're looking at just the outer appearance, then we see that and we walk off. We can, we can be assured until the wind blows or we bump into something or something like that happens, we're going to pretty much look the same. So in our mind, we know what we look like. Now, when we think about that, just not from a physical perspective, but a little bit deeper, when we look into ourselves and we see ourselves in the mirror, we really see who we are. You and I know who we are. We know what's deeper than just the surface. And when we look into that and we think about that, we, we process that, and when we walk away, we know who we are. And we know that we're to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. So we don't need to just be a hearer who, who quickly hears and then walks away and forgets. Because honestly, I hear a lot of things in my life. Not much of it sticks. And if we're honest with ourselves, just to hear something doesn't mean it's going to stick. It, it, study after study after study has been done about, about people who sit in a classroom and they, they hear it. But they don't maintain, they don't regain, retain a large portion of that because when they walk away, it just, they, they've forgotten it. But those who will hear it and take notes on it, they, they retain a lot more of it. 
Those who hear it, take notes on it, and review it, retain even more of it. So we're to be the type of people that we hear the Word of God, and we, we really think about that, we process that, and we try to apply that to our lives. And then when we do that, we're not, we're not a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer. We become a person who takes the Word of God and applies it to our lives. Insanity is, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Many times, people in their life, they sin repetitively over and over in the same way, and nothing ever changes. They don't change anything, therefore they continue in the same actions. But if we change, if we take, take the Word of God in and we, we work to be a doer of the Word, then that begins to transform us in a way that we're not who we used to be. But we can be what God wants us to be. We can become doers of the Word, applying the Word to our life, and walking in a different walk. So not just hearers, but doers. Not, not just walking or talking the talk, but walking the walk. We, we need to walk the walk. And people need to be able to look at my life. And people need to be able to look at your life. And they don't need to just hear us say the Word of God. They need to see us live the Word of God. Honestly, you, you can talk a whole lot. And you can say a whole lot. And in like two seconds, undo everything you said by your actions. But if we live what we say, and the two come together, and they make a great picture for the lost world. But when we say one thing, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, I go to church at First Baptist, and then we go live a wreck of a life before everybody around us, then, then people begin to question, what good is faith? I mean, I, I've said this before. I grew up around a lot of people who said, who taught Christianese. They, they knew the language, but their life didn't line up with it. When, when you go to the golf course and the same people that serve communion are serving themselves alcohol, it's a very poor display of the Word. It's confusing to a young man. When we mix and say, I'm a Christian, but yet we live like the world. Uh, drinking. Say, I'm a Christian. And say, well, the Bible says we can, we can drink as long as we don't get drunk. Well, that we could go through a whole lot of things here, but let's be sensible. If you saw me sitting in a restaurant and I had a beer on the table, would that bother you? It would bother me if I saw you with one, too. I'm just telling you, because I don't know if it's your first one or your tenth one. And it's the image. It's the... It's that, that what I see and what connects in my mind. What does it say about you? You're no different than the world. I can see that anywhere, folks. If, I, if I'm walking with you and I hear you saying things that aren't becoming of a Christian, what does it say about you? If we're talking in the wrong context... Uh, about how maybe two men are walking and they're talking, degrading some uh, other, somebody or, uh, or another person of the opposite sex or they're saying things that aren't becoming of a Christian in their conversation. What does that do for the Christian faith? 
Now, none of us are perfect. We're going to have those moments where we, we don't live in perfection. I recognize that. But our life should be so yielded to Christ and His righteousness. And the Word of God should be so pouring into our life that we're being transformed. And people around us should be able to see a marketable difference between who we used to be and who we are today. Does that make sense? My life should be on a constant trajectory away from the sin of this world to the Savior of this world. Are we percolating together? Now, I just got to ask you a question. Is your life making a trajectory towards Christ? Or is your life, if you analyzed your, if you were to step back and watch your lifestyle, hear your talk, see your actions, would you believe that you were a Christian if you didn't know? Or would you think that you're just like the rest of the world? So, James, is uh, he's really getting in our grill here. He says, don't just be a hearer of the Word. Don't be a Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night attender of church, hearing the Word of God. Don't be a, a man or a woman who gets up in the morning and reads a verse of Scripture, or 10, or 20, or however many, and lets it just roll off of them like water on a duck's back. And when you look in the mirror, forget who you are when you walk away. But take that word, implant it in your heart, and let it make a very real difference in the way you act and react. Does that mean you're going to act perfect the next time something happens? No, but you should be working towards working that out to where you act differently. For the glory of God. And and God, God cannot live inside of you. And He cannot live inside of me. And us continue to live in unrepentant sin. We grieve the Holy Spirit of God. When we recognize there's sin in our life, we ought to deal with it. Not just being a hearer of the Word, but a doer of the Word, applying it to our own life. Getting rid of the filthiness, getting rid of the the wickedness out of our life, and living more for Jesus. So prove yourself doers of the Word, not merely hearers who delude themselves. He says here, and then in verse 25, but, the, but one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, this which frees us and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. There's a promise in Scripture right there. So, boy, it's hard to live this way, Pastor. It's hard to do what you're saying because I'm just in a world that I'm surrounded by, by people who, who, who don't, don't believe this way, who, who don't respond this way, and, and I just kind of get caught up in the world around me. I'm telling you, there's a, there's a promise right there for you. You have the opportunity to control yourself. I have the opportunity to control myself. And, and I make some decisions. Do I want the blessing of God or the blessing of man? Do I want my friends to say, boy, we like you. You're a good dude. I mean, you, you just, you, I really like hanging out with you. Do, do I want their, their applause or do I want to please my Savior? What's going what's to be more beneficial in the end? I'm asking you some questions that are just senseless, really. But I, I want, I'd rather have the applause of God than the applause of man. Can we agree on that? I'd rather be liked, not liked, loved by God 
and surrendered to him and his service, then I had to be appreciated by multitudes of people. Men pleasers is what the Bible talks about. It says the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. I want to be blessed in what I do. Do you want to be blessed in what you do? I, I want to do something that makes a difference for the good of mankind. I, I, I want to be a person who makes a difference for the glory of God. And the way I'll do that will be by applying the Word of God into my life, becoming an effectual doer of the Word of God, not, not succumbing to the pressures of this world and the, the social life of society, but being real with my relationship with God and saying, you know, some things that have to change about me so that I can be the man or I can be the woman, if you're a lady, that God wants me to be. There are some things that must change in our life. Verse 26 says, If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. So here he talks about the tongue again. This is the third time. He's saying back in verse 19, he says we need to be uh, quick to hear, slow to speak. So there, there's talking about the hearing versus the speaking. Um, he, he talks about being a, not a hearer, verse 23, of, of the word, but a, a doer of the word. And then in verse 26, if anyone thinks himself to be religious yet does not bridle his tongue, it deceives his own, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. In other words, it goes back to what I said a moment ago. That which is coming into our life, that which is filling our life, is going to come out of our life. It's going to happen. We will be seen for who we are. God says, if you hide it, I'll, I'll reveal it. But if you reveal it, I'll conceal it. What a beautiful promise of God. If we, if we want to let something come in and live a dark, secret life, guess what? It's going to be revealed to all mankind at some point in time. Everything going on in us is going to be revealed. We're going to stand in heaven and, and we're, everything unknown will be known. Okay? That's what Scripture tells us. But in this text right here, it's saying that if anyone thinks of himself religious yet doesn't bridle his own tongue, he deceives his own heart. We have the opportunity to understand this text to let the Word of God come into us, change and transform us, so that, that which comes out is different than human speaking who we used to be. We can, we can talk of a new language. We can live a new life. And we can become... A, a person whose religion is not worthless, but, but is really good. And then he goes in verse 27 and says, Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this. So if we've, we've wondered what is, what is undefiled religion, what is pure, what is, what is right, what is, what is perfect, what is that kind of religion that we should have, and what is clean, pure, spotless, unspoiled, and undefiled, what is it? Well, it's right here. To visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep one unstained by the world, oneself unstained by the world. What is it about orphans that, that we, we know? They don't have anybody, do they? They don't, they don't have anybody in this world. They don't have family. So they're orphans. And, and he said, you know, a lot of times we spend our time doing for those that can do pretty well themselves. Trying to get into the popular crowd or live in the 
the circle where we're best or most comfortable. Let's just put it that way. And James is sitting there saying, you, you want true religion? The true religion is go, go hang out with somebody that can't help you. Go do something for somebody that can't do anything for you. What can an orphan do for you? I've been to several orphanages around this world, and I've never left without being just shook to the core. I will bring every one of them to the house. <laughs> I've never wanted to leave one. It's, it's so hard. And, and uh, we as a church, we sponsor an orphanage in, a, in a, the land that we work. And what an amazing work that is. Of course, there's orphanages everywhere. You, you don't see many around here, but you get outside of our little comfort spot right here, and there are orphanages. There are, there are people who don't have anybody. Moms and dads have died to disease, and they, they don't have anybody. or they're, they're left to the helps of others. And, and James is saying, you want to know what pure religion is? Go, go do something for somebody who can't do anything for you. And, and go, go minister to a widow in distress. Go find somebody who needs you and pour your life into them. And do, do a ministry that's worthwhile. And, and then the last thing he says is keep oneself unspotted in this world. That, that we should be not, not, in, not stained by this world or uh, changed by this world, but changed by God. That's pure, that's pure stuff right there. That's pure religion. When we, we say, you know what, I'm going to go invest in someone that can't invest in me. I'm going to go help someone who is in great need, and I'm going to keep myself unstained from this world. Why? Because wasn't that what Jesus did? Jesus kept himself unstained by this world, right? Was Jesus swayed by the Pharisees or the Sadducees, the religious crowd? Was Jesus swayed by the Gentiles to live like the Gentiles? Absolutely not. Was Jesus seeking out the circle that could benefit him, or was he seeking to benefit others? He went for others that couldn't benefit him. Now, he'd hang out with the tax collectors and the sinners. He'd go find the ones that were in great need of help who were in hurt, and he ministered to them. Now, if that's good enough for my master, that's good enough for me. That's good enough for you to go after those who are hurting those who are helpless, and keep ourselves unstained from the world around us because we so have the Word of God implanted in our hearts that we are changed and transformed to live a life for His glory. So in conclusion, we, we need to be swift to hear, allowing God to change our lives through the Word of truth. We need to be doers of the word that we hear. We don't need to be forgetful hearers. We need to be doers. Take the word of God. I would encourage every single one of us to when we read scripture, when we hear a text preached, find something in that to apply it to our lives. A way that we can take, and we may not know immediately how that's going to work out, it may be that tomorrow, all of a sudden, wow, there's something that we learned about yesterday. But to keep the Word on your heart so that when you walk out of this setting, it impacts you. And you can do something with it. You're equipped. My ministry, the ministry that God gave me is to equip the saints to do the work that He's called us to. I can't equip you if you forget as soon as you walk out the door. That's not equipping 
We're very repetitive in, in uh, what we preach, too. I am, and I, I, you'll hear me say the same thing over and over again. But if I went to school and was studying math, they'd tell me the same thing over and over again, too, hoping that some of it would stick. <laughs> and, and we hope that as we walk in life and journey together, that this, these words, these truths would penetrate our heart and it would begin to transform us, that we wouldn't just be a hearer of the Word, not a spectator watching the sport, but we'd be a participator playing the game. we get on the field and get busy about it and do the work that God's called us to. That we wouldn't just hear Jesus say, go, we'd actually get up and go. We'd go to our neighbors, we'd go to, to our, our workplaces with a mission. I, I know there are people in this room that have have ministries outside of this church that they go to and they be at their workplace or be at a place that they're involved and engaged in this an activity, a, a, a sport or a pastime of theirs, that they go with the intention. I know this because you've told me and I've watched you do it. They go with intention to make a difference in people's lives. What a blessing that is. That's, that's being a doer of the Word, not just a hearer of it. Not a spectator, not a consumer, but a giver. And that's what God's called us to be. So be a doer and and live our lives focused on those that we can minister to and pour into. Live upstanding lives before them so that our, our faith, our religion isn't questioned, but it stands. Because we stand for Jesus and, and we don't need to be stained by this world, but live a life that's unstained and to his glory. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for the text, God. Help us to walk out of this place tonight, walk into the world that's before us, and as long as you tarry, God, live for you. Let let your word penetrate our hearts, our minds, our souls, every aspect of us, God. Let it touch us. And let us be doers of your word, living fully for you. God, we, we've all failed. There's not a single person in here that does not need your grace. And and uh, we appreciate the grace that you've given that, that changes our life. God, help us to continually find ways to live to glorify you. Lord, there are many things in this world that would stain our, our uh, character, stain our testimony, be confusing to those who are on the outside looking in. Lord, don't let us have a hint of evil in our life. Don't let us do things or participate in things that would cause question about who we are and where we stand. But let us stand purely before you uh, with a relationship that radically transforms us and those around us. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great night.